It's to rally the troops. You know, and as we worship the Lord, we're doing battle. You don't realize you're fighting against the principalities and powers and spiritual darkness. When we're obedient to God. See, I believe God's raising up an end time army. And sad to say, but I do this a lot, but I apologize to the younger generation, for my generation, because they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball, and they failed you guys. But I want to tell you something. Jesus never failed you. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to fail you. And he's raising up a new generation of Joshua's and Caleb's that say we are well able. See what's happened? My generation, they looked and they saw the giant. They saw the giant of sin. And they just said, he's too big. But God's raising up a generation that says we are well able to go up and take the land. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not satisfied with reading about revival. I'm not satisfied with talking about revival. And I'm not just going to be a spectator at a revival. But I'm going to press through. And I'm going to run hard after God until I see revival. Until I see people change. Until I see this nation begin to tremble on its knees once again. Because God's pouring out His Spirit. You know, if you just read a little bit of history, you'll see where God has shaken this nation. They've had great awakenings. As bad as it may seem in Chicago, my Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you can go. you, you You know what I like about young people? You guys aren't afraid of anything. We were in Jamaica, and up in the mountainsides, and the Rastafarians and their little villages, and I was in Kingston also, but this was before this, and there was a group of college-age kids, and they were just sitting there, and, and they had been going into some different venues and doing, like, schools and things and doing some outreach, but I said, you know what, the, the guy that was running it turned him over to me, and I said, you know, guys... I said, what are you doing during the day? And they said, well, we're just sitting here in the house. They said, well, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go down the street into that little Rastafarian village. And we're going to take Jesus to them. And, you know, now a lot of people say, you're kind of crazy to go into a dangerous place like that. But I want to tell you something. They ran head first into it. They charged into the battle without fear. And we saw people healed. We saw miracles happen. We saw people saved. And as they began to see that, man, they got more and more fired up. Amen? And that's what, you know, see if it would have been a bunch of old people, they would have been too too crippled up even to go down the street. No. Amen. So, impact. What is impact? Um, you got the video? Can we show that video real quick? I'm just going to show you a video, and then I'll tell you a little bit about us. And I have, I'm going to have a couple of them come up and do a drama. And uh,
Amen. So what is what is impact? Well, it's a, just what you read. A group of college-age kids um, that have given their life to Jesus 100%. It's not just something they do, but it's who they are. They're taking the gospel they've taken off this summer, and they're going out and sharing the gospel across the nation. And, uh, man, we wanted to come up to Chicago and be a part of what was going on here with you guys. We knew that there were some people here that were on fire for Jesus too, man. We heard, we heard, that, we heard the news that there's others that are on fire for Jesus. You know, and um, y'all want to get ready, come up and get ready for the video? Um, not the video, the drama. Do we need to? Yeah, can we move this stuff or you yeah. Is it all right to move that or yeah. Um you know, people guys, people will tell you street ministry don't work, that going out and witnessing don't work. But I got news for you. Any let me ask you, is anybody here besides the impact team a product of somebody telling them about Jesus? Raise your hand. One, two wow. Incredible. So Somebody told you about Jesus, and you, so, now, but there's this crazy thing going around in the church saying that that don't work anymore. But the Bible says to go into all the world and do what? Preach the Gospels, make disciples, amen. So, it's kind of funny, if the Bible says it, why would it be any other way? Amen. So, um. Okay, they're praying. Uh, I could keep talking. Go ahead and pray. They're 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 getting ready. Um, you know, we've got a couple kids. One of them, I think they're in the drive. Is Ryan? Where's Ryan? Come up here, Ryan. This is a kid. And he's not a kid. He's a young adult. I see. I'm giving away my age here. <laughs> this is a young adult, young man that um, a year ago. I'll just, Ryan, why don't you tell your story instead of me? I can talk all day. All right, cool. So about a year ago, I was outside a nightclub at in Daytona Beach, Florida, and uh, there were a couple crazy Christians out there that night, and they took the time to out of their day, night, whatever you want to call it, to sit on the side of a street where on the other side of the street where this club was, and uh, I was sitting on the wall just listening to them preach on this sound system or hailer system, whatever you want to call it, PA system. I just sit there listening. And uh, one of them came over and talked to me for a little bit. And uh, I really actually got kind of convicted of what I was doing out there, drinking and, you know, whatever you normally do at a club type stuff. So uh, I went home that night and really realized that I couldn't live that way anymore and got my heart right with God that day. It was a Saturday night, so Sunday morning came around and the pastor told me the previous night what time church was. And uh, I actually showed up to church an hour early. Because I was excited for it and uh, uh, helped them set up. Got just kept going on from there. Just kept going straight forward. Never stumbled. Never. I mean, never went back to the way I was before. I never went back to drinking or anything like that. Um, all my friends thought it was real weird. Something weird was going on with me because I was in college and uh, going to school at that time. So all my friends thought it was kind of strange when I quit partying and stuff. And I just told them that it was Christ, and I couldn't really explain a lot more. Then something else happened in my life, and uh, I got compelled to go tell other people more about Christ and go and preach what happened to me and hope that it could happen to other people. And that's really what it's all about is going out and sharing the gospel to other people. I mean, it's cool what happened to me, but that's in the past now. Now we got to move on and look forward to what's coming. And that's what you guys can do in other people's lives through Christ, not just what I can do for Christ. Amen. You know... As a pastor, and man, I love the sheep. But several years ago, as they're coming, I'm just going to tell you a little story as they were coming. I sat on a a bleachers talking to a young lady, watching a baseball game with my wife and I. And this young lady began to tell me how she wanted to serve God and how she wanted to be a pastor's wife. And, you know, she was 16 years old beautiful, and had a heart for God, I thought. But several years later, it wasn't several, but a few years later, these, this young lady, 
she something something really tragic happened to her. She went away to college. How many of you are going away to college or plan to go away to college? I got news for you. One day you're going to step in the real world, and if you're not prepared, if you don't realize your enemy, your adversary, the devil, is roaring around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, he will eat you alive. And when I saw that young girl devastated and now pregnant out of marriage and not in the ministry like she said she was called to be, man, it wasn't all right with me. So I've, I've commissioned myself to make a difference. I've commissioned myself to rally the troops and to prepare the troops for the battle that they're facing and going to face. See, the devil, if he can't, you know, you know what? If the devil can't get you today, don't worry. He's got plenty of time. He'll be there tomorrow. And if he can't get you there tomorrow, six months from now, he'll still be waiting, ready to offer you that sin. Just like that, just like he did to Eve. Just like that. That's how he operates. He ain't no hurry. And you know what he wants to do? You know what he wants to do to you? He's got a great, do you know the devil's got a great plan for your life? Did you know that? Did you know the devil has a great plan for your life? You know what it is? We're going to watch this drama and then I'll tell you. She's upset about day Has for the dresser drawer to drive the pain away Nothing good can come of this She opens it up, there's nothing there It's only leftover tears Mom and Dad have no
Amém. Hallelujah. That's the plan the devil has for your life. To take you to hell. He's playing for keeps, guys. He's playing for keeps. Your adversary, the devil, is roaming around like a roaring lion. You know, it doesn't matter how... It doesn't matter what church we go to. It really doesn't. If you don't have on your whole armor, if you're not prepared, he's got a plan. And that's what it is. He's going to destroy you and drag you to hell. Now, who wants to go to hell? Hey, let me see a show. Wait, nobody here wants to go to hell? Why not? But there's only torment, weeping, gashing of teeth, fire, burning forever and ever. No, of course nobody wants to go there, but sad thing is people go there every day. You know what? You know how I know that? All you have to do is read Matthew 7. It says, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. But narrow is the gate which leads to salvation, and few who find it. Brittany and Tara, come on, come on up. I'm gonna, we're going to do one more little drama. I'm going to have uh, Gideon. you got a, a, a word to share. Gideon's going to share a little word, and then we're going to we're going to um, see where the Holy Spirit leads. This is another drama that really, yeah. There you go, sweetie. Where are we? What did you do? What did I do? You're the one who let me you drive drunk. Oh my gosh, my mom's gonna flip. Oh my goodness. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. So what's gonna happen to us? I don't know what's gonna happen to you. I'm going to heaven. To me? Wait, no, no, no. Everybody goes to heaven, right? Well, no. The, the Bible says that broad the, is the road. To the Bible. What? Yeah. What is this Bible? You didn't tell me I had to read that. Wait, God, I, I can explain. You, you don't know me. God, yes, God, remember I went to the altar. I said the sinner's prayer. Depart from you. God, but where am I going to go? Did you know about this? Why didn't you tell me? You didn't know. I just thought by the way I lived that you would follow By the way you lived, an example, I'm going to hell. Offend me. Who cares about feelings? Your friend. You're not my friend. If you were my friend, you would have told me I was going to hell. But you, would, you would have just thought that I was judging me. Judging me? I am being judged. Sorry. You're sorry? You're not sorry. I thought you loved me. You don't love me. If you loved me, you would have told me I was on my way to hell. God, God, wait. God, wait. No, wake up! judging them or I just I don't want to lose them as a friend and things like that but when you think about what true love is you know they say win them over with God's love right so let's think about God's love 
yeah, it's patient and it's kind and, and it never fails, but it also doesn't rejoice in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. And if somebody's going to hell, the truth is you need to tell them the truth. And you need to rejoice in that and, and know that whether it hurts their feelings or not, whether you have to be harsh or not, they're on fire. And if you really love them, really, truly love them, you're going to do everything you can to get them to hear the truth. You're going to do everything you can to keep them from spending an eternity in hell, an eternity and then that just doesn't just go for friends and family, but that goes for people out there. If we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, and y'all don't want to go to hell because I didn't see any hands raised, then what, why do you think anyone else would want to go to hell? Especially people that don't even know it's real. They're so deceived by the devil that they don't even realize. And yet, what are we doing about that? You know, it says that the bl- their blood is on our hands if we don't tell them the truth. And so I just want to encourage you guys People out there are dying. They're lost and dying and going to hell. Second by second, they're going to hell. And we have to do something about it. We can't just sit back and watch them. If we really love them, you'll do something about it. So that's it. Hallelujah. Here you go, Gideon. This is Gideon. He'll tell you he's from Pennsylvania, but really he's from Africa. And, uh, how many of you would like to be part of Gideon's 300 men? Huh? I'll tell you what. God is, God is raising up. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying that. And after he's done, I'm going to finish with that. God is raising up an army. An army that's going to stand against bondage. It's going to stand for freedom. That's going to be willing to go out and take the Great Commission serious. And be willing to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. You ready, Gideon? All right. Um, before I give you word, I'm gonna just pray real quick. Father, I just exalt your name, Lord Jesus. Lord, you are so worthy, Lord God. Father, there's none like you. You are holy, Lord God. You are so glorious. Father, right now, Lord God, I pray, Father. Hello, may you speak through me, Lord God. Father, may this not be my words, Father, but, Lord God, let this word be off of you, Lord God. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, that whoever this word is meant for, Lord God, that, Father, will bring encouragement, Lord God, that your word will go forth, it will be sharp, and it will not come back, Father, void, Lord God. Your word will not go forth in vain, Lord. Jesus, in your holy name I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to read out of um, Genesis 11 real quick. Um, if you guys got your Bibles, uh, turn to it. All right. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, and they found a plain in the land of Sh- Shemnar. And they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks. And bake them thoroughly, that they that they um, they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, "Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we we'll be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth." But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built, and the Lord said, "Indeed." The people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and they confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there, over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Amen. Um, it was just a couple of days ago. Um, I was sleeping and I, don't know, I, just, I had some dreams. And I mean the Lord just woke me up from the dream. 
And in this dream, within our team, I seen that, um, what the enemy was trying to do. Now the enemy would love to do, what the enemy would love to do is bring dissension, bring confusion. The enemy loves to tear stuff apart. The word of God said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is what I seen in that dream. I just started praying, and the Lord just, I mean, Lord just, he just had me pray. He just told me, just keep on praying, and that's what I was doing. I just praying and praying, and this is the word that he gave me right here. All right, so now, all right, so like I was saying, I'm with that dream. I had um we had some people within our team. It looked like they was they were fighting and people were being disobedient, they were being rebellious at heart. People were not listening to each other. I try to tell somebody something, they did not listen. And that's what the enemy desires to do. If he can tear us apart, he can tear the thing up the things that God is creating apart. Now if an, the enemy can bring in bitterness, if he can bring in confusion within a group a group of people, that's all he has to do. He does not have to actually Fight for you too. He does not have to try to break you down any other way. Just by that bitterness, just by that anger, just by that pride in your heart. That's all he needs. If he can instill that in your, into your heart, that's all it takes. And there are many, many churches that fall today because of pride, because of bitterness, because of anger, because of little, little issues. They should not be issues at all. But the enemy uses that to break apart the church. And God is coming back for a perfect church. He's coming back for a church without blemish. He's coming back for his holy church. And just, I mean, just as we've seen it here in Babel, and the, and the whole story, I'm pretty sure most of you have heard about um, that story and how the Lord just split them apart because they were one. And that's what I wanted to stress. When we are one, there's power in unity. When we are one in Christ, what can tear us apart? Absolutely nothing can tear us apart. But if the enemy can seriously get in and bring contentions, and here I'll go to, um, if you have your Bibles open, go to 2 Corinthians 12, 20. All right, so 2 Corinthians 10, 20. For I fear lest when I come, I should not find you such as I wish, and that I should be found by you such as you do not wish. Lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whispering, conceit, tumults. Lest, I, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, lewdness which they have practiced. And so, as, as you can see right here, these are just. Paul just names a couple of things right here. What you bring separation within the church. What you bring forth. What you bring forth things that are not of God. That is not pleasing to God. If the enemy can sow this into our hearts. If the enemy can sow any one of this stuff into our hearts. That's what happens. He's just going to tear the church apart. He's going to tear us apart. And from doing his work. Doing the work that God has called us to do. And so we just got to be mindful of this stuff right here. Jealousies. I mean. It happens all the time within the church. Man, why is that guy playing so good? He sounds so good. Why can't I do that? Or no, I, man, I could do that. I could do better than that, man. She's saying she's off key. She's off note. Man, I can do way better than that. You got to watch your heart. You got to guard your heart from that stuff. Okay, that's not what God has required of us. God wants us to come before him with a pure heart and a clean heart. That's what he desires. That's what he seeks for. And our burst of wrath. Oh, I was just mad. I'm sorry. I know um, I came off a little, a little rough or whatever. But no, God has set us. A, he has set a perfect standard. He has set a holy standard. We cannot, we cannot drop God's standard to meet our standards, because God has set His standards. They are holy. They're set apart. When we, when we're standing before a holy God, just like um that drama right now, when we're standing before a holy God, He's not going to judge us by our standards. No. He's going to judge us by his standards. His standards are pure. Check this out. He said, Jesus Christ, he said that if a, if a man was to look at a woman, look upon a woman to lust after her, and it's hard. When you do that, you don't actually have to, he, 
that men have committed adultery. So you do not have to actually have the act to lay with a woman to commit adultery. But just by looking at that woman, it goes the same way for um, the girls. Just by looking at that woman and lusting after him in your heart, they've committed adultery. And that is how high God's standards are. We cannot take something that is holy and make it common. And I mean, it goes on with selfish ambitions. I mean, you basically know what that is. Just trying to build your own kingdom. Pride, that's what it comes down to. Just being filled with pride and want to do your own thing. You want to, you have your own ambitions and not having God's kingdom first. I'm going to school right now. Now, it could be um, while I'm in school, I could be, man, I want to build my own kingdom. I want to do great things. I want to be this hot shot guy. I want to drive nice cars. I want to have a nice house. But that's not what it comes down to. Because the word of God says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But then everything else will be added on to you. And so now that we know these, now what must we do about them? And basically, I mean, just just to encourage y'all, first of all, we must guard our hearts because the enemy, he is seeking for whom he will devour. He's just going everywhere. He'll do whatever it takes. He will do whatever it takes. He got all day, all the time he needs. And he will destroy you if he can. So we've got to guard our hearts. And I remember to keep him praying. The word of God says to pray with our season. Constantly, wherever we're at, we're supposed to stay in him. For if we're in Christ, we're not sin against God. God has called us to be holy. He has called us to be set apart. He said that in 1 John, it talks about, for those who are in Christ Jesus, they cannot continue to sin no more. And I mean, it is just as plain as it is. We're not supposed to continue to sin no more. If we stay in Christ, if we stay praying with our season, that's the only way that can happen. We will be holy. We will set ourselves apart from this world and keeping this word. And then it goes on. And then submitting ourselves to one another. Now this one is hard. I mean, everybody want everybody want to have their own way. Everybody want to do their own thing. But that is what Christ has called the church to do. The church is to submit itself to one another. I mean, let's put others before ourselves. Let's regard others before ourselves. Let's Let's think about others. Let's think about what, what are they going through. What is happening in their lives right now? What can I do to lift them up instead of trying to break them down? We've got to remember that. Let's put others before ourselves and just regard other people before ourselves. And then... And then, so yeah, so with that, Regarding our, yeah, basically, so it comes down to that. But regarding others before before ourselves, putting others before ourselves, and I mean, just standing with word. If you're in the word, that's how you know what God commanded us to do. That's how you know what God wants us to do. How would I, and um, the Psalms it talks about how can a young man keep his way pure, right? He said by taking heed according to God's word, by keeping God's word in his heart, that he may not sin against them. And that's how that's the only way that we can keep our way our way pure and keep our words um clean and be holy and acceptable unto God. And so Father, I just thank you so much, Lord God, for this word, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that whoever this man this word is meant for, Lord God. Father, it will come sharp, Lord God. The word will be sharp, Lord God, and just piercing, Father. Dividing the very intentions, Father, of the hearts, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, Father, you may bring this word, Father. To remember us, Father, for every one of every single one of us, Lord God. And Father, we will remain one with Jesus. Just like Father, when the disciples got together, Lord God, and at the day of Pentecost, Father, they were in one accord, Father. And you showed up mightily, Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, before you went, Lord God, to heaven, Lord God, you said, Father, you prayed for us, Lord God. He said that for us to be one, as you are one with the Father. So, Lord God, let us seek, Father, to be one in you, Lord God. And as you, as being ahead, Lord God, let us be obedient to you, Lord God. Let us submit ourselves one to another, Father. As your name will be exalted, your name will be lifted up on high, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, 
Gideon said something about one accord. Anybody ever see the movie Braveheart? Some of you aren't old enough to remember that one, but in that movie, what had happened was a king, Longshank, the king of England, had came and taxed the people and beat the people down of Scotland and had had tortured them and he had sent his nobles out and said, take their wives and have, have your way with them and kill their men. You know, when I think of that movie, I, I think of that's how the devil is. See, the devil, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to rape you. He wants to take your mother, your father, your, your, your husbands, your wives, and break those relationships. That's how he operates. He's like Longshank in that movie. And then I think about how God raised up a warrior named William Wallace who said he would fight for freedom. And he did something. He began to unite the clans. He began to unite the clans and say we must fight. You can either sit back and, and listen to me, guys. You can sit back and you can do nothing. And the devil will come and he will rape you, rape your children. He will destroy you and take all you have. Or you can unite and you can rise up and you can fight the good fight. You can put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible says we wrestle, wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers and spiritual darkness in high places. It sounds like we're in a war. Our adversary, our enemy, Longshank, the devil, is roaming around seeking whom he may devour. And we're so worried about whether we're Baptists or we're Assembly of God or we're this or we're that or whatever. We must unite. See, the world's looking at us. We're so ununited. They're looking at the church. You know what they're saying? Because here's the deal, just like in that movie, we're so worried about our power, my little piece of the pie, my little kingdom, my, 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 like Satan said, I, I, I will be like the Most High. When my and I are in there, that's, that's the devil talking through you. That's a satanic principle. Jesus said if you want to save your life, you must Lose your life. You must deny yourself. And I'm challenging you guys. I've met your pastor. I know your pastor. I'm challenging you to get behind this man and to begin to fight the good fight. We could take back what the devil stole. We could take back if we'll just unite. And we'll get in one accord. See, you want you want to know what the secret you want you want to know the secret to revival. You want me to let the cat out of the bag? Would y'all like to know what it really is? Get in. You, you, if I could have preached a sermon, I'd have preached the same sermon you preached, bro. One accord. See, you can't be praying for a new car while she's praying for Aunt Joe. Jane, and he's praying for Uncle Tom, and you're praying to get a new bicycle. And no, we got to become one accord, one thing. We need God to show up and manifest His self on our behalf and change this world and nothing else. And when we begin to, and I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you. Got you got prayer time, right? You guys come together and pray. I want to challenge you guys to pray for one thing. Unify. See, they were in the upper room. They were in one accord. Do you know what they were waiting for? They were waiting for the Holy Ghost to show up. They had a promise. They had a promise. And if you got a promise, let me tell you something. If, if I was your daddy, if I was your daddy and I said, son, I got you a brand new car. When you get home from school today, you're going to get that. But would you rush home from school that day? Oh, man, you'd be waiting for that promise. You'd be so happy. Man, I got a promise. I got a guarantee. I'm going to get that promise. I'm going to get what's mine. Let me tell you something. They had a promise. Just tarry. That's what he said. Just tarry until the Holy Spirit comes. And you will receive power 
from on high. They were in one room, in one accord. God, show up. And man, when God showed up and fell on that place like a rushing mighty wind, they began to speak in other tongues. Some people said they were drunk, and he said, no, they're not drunk like you think. As you suppose, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning, they ain't drunk. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And Peter stood up and began to preach under the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 men gave their heart to the Lord. Boom. Just like that. That's revival. Anything else? There, hey, you can fall down. You can clap. You can laugh. You can bark. You do any of that stuff. But unless men are getting saved and born again, unless the conviction of the Holy Spirit's there... I'm not going to agree it's revival. People can get healed. All that stuff is great. But unless men are getting saved. And that's what we've got. Listen, guys, I want to challenge you. Let's come into one accord. If we can rally the clans, like, like William Wallace says, rally the clans. If we can unite the clans, if we can unite under one banner, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I believe, my God, my God says, if, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. That's a promise, bro. That's a, that's a promise. That's like God telling you, I'm going to give you a car. If you'll do this, if you'll, if you'll go to school and do your work today, when you come home, I'm going to have a car for you. It's the same thing. God said, if my people... Anybody here born again? That means your daddy's God. If you ain't born again, you know who your daddy is? Your daddy the devil. See, there's two kinds of people. The saints and the ain'ts. The ins and the outs. There ain't, there, there's, that's it. You didn't know that? You're either a saint or a sinner. Sinners go to hell. That's just the way it is. Brother, I'm telling you the truth. Now, so that means your daddy is God, and your daddy's given you a promise. We got to believe the promise. Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. A double-minded man gets what? Nothing. Okay, I'm going to give you a little story, and then we're going to end, and I'm going to pray for some of you. We're gonna, I'm going to have the team up here, and we're going to pray for you. Let me tell you what happened to me. Several years ago, I'm in England. On the streets of England, we're preaching the gospel. And I mean, the first day there, we, 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 I got a newspaper. We didn't know what to do. We just said, God, we knew God told us to go to England and preach the gospel. We get off the airplane, and we don't know what to do. We don't know, we don't know the first soul. But I find a newspaper, and I said, hey, Brother Roy, look here. They're having a soccer world championship right here in England. Let's go. Let's hit it. Well, I don't know if you, you think football. Anybody been to Soldier Field and seen a, 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 a Chicago Bear? Brother, it ain't nothing. I'm going to tell you right now. Them soccer fans are out of their mind. They, and they lost. So, brother, they was. I have never heard F you and F Jesus so many. Every single person except for one man stopped and talked to us out of I don't know how many hundreds of thousands. And the only two words they know was F you and F Jesus as we were preaching the gospel. Now, that's how the trip started out. And you think, well, man, that sounds terrible. But I, I got news for you. <laughs> it didn't end up that way. Man, we began to preach the gospel. We preached in front of the castle. We found ourselves in a little park preaching. And two young Muslim police, park police, 23 years, they're young. Wow. Some of you are going, that's old, 23 years old. That's, that's ancient. I remember when I used to think 30 was, I mean, the wrinkle ranch. But I did, man. I, 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 when I was in my early 20s, I didn't think I was at 30. That, that was so far away, brother. But anyways, we're in this park and we're preaching the gospel. Now, we got a little crowd gathering. We're feeling pretty good. We got 30 or 40 people hanging out listening to us preach. You know, was told by one man that I didn't speak proper English. I had no business preaching the gospel there and in England, he was he was a black man. I told him he didn't speak proper ebonics, so he needed to, he needed to learn a thing or two. But um, we're preaching the gospel, and these cops come up and they go, "Listen, you guys can't do that here. Um, you're inciting a crowd. I forget what they called it. They said you can talk to people, 
But if you get a crowd of, you know, too many people, more than four or five people, we'll, we'll, he called us up. You've got to go down to this other park, and they allow you to speak in that park, and you can get hundreds of people if you want. But here you can't do that. But what do you? What, what is this you're talking about? And we begin to preach Jesus to him. And he said, well, I'm a Muslim. And I don't. I don't believe Jesus was God. I believe that he, you know, he was just a good man. And we went on to say, well, you know, we know he's God. And he said, well, how do you know he's God? And we said, well, because we've seen what he can do. We've seen his power. We've seen him heal the sick. We've seen him set the captive. He goes, wait, wait, wait. You've seen him heal the sick. And Brother Roy said, yeah, I just prayed for a girl last month that had a brain tumor in the hospital, and it's gone. He goes, come on. You, you, you really, you prayed for this girl and she got healed. And he said, yeah. And he said, well, would Jesus heal me? And Roy said, would you serve Jesus? And he said, well, if, if he healed me, I'd have to serve him. I'd know he was God. And Roy said, fair enough, what's wrong with you? And he said, I, I forget what he called it, but he had something wrong with a disc in his back and he couldn't bend over more than this right here. And Roy said, fair enough. I'm going to lay hands on you. Jesus is going to heal you and you're going to serve him then, right? And his buddy's kind of, you know, looking like you guys are crazy. And I'm kind of, now Now here's here's the catchy part. But Roy, Roy just lays his hand on him and says, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for healing him. And this guy's eyes get as big as saucers. And he begins to shout, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He healed me. He healed me. And his buddy took about five steps back and went, whoa, dude, hey, man, hey, man. And now we got a crowd of 200 people there, you know, and they're helping us. So, and the, and the head of the park police comes and he takes us to his little office and has lunch with us and we end up leading him to the Lord. But that's, that's the good part of the story. Here's, here's the bad part of the story. Here I was, got the man faith and power, and I really didn't believe God was going to heal him. You know, I, I mean, I knew God could heal. Bro, I'd seen God heal people. But, you know, just to be honest, I was sitting there going, I wasn't so sure it was going to happen. And I remember coming back from England and getting on my knees and crying, God, oh me of little faith. Please, God, forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me. Help me. Give me faith. The Bible says if you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. See, but the problem is a lot of times, guys, we're not honest. We're, God knows our hearts. Did you, did you know that? God knows your heart? Did you know that God sees you can't, you can't disguise your heart from God? So if God knows your heart, then why lie? If you, got, if you need help with faith, and that's what I'm going to pray for us today. That God will increase our faith. That we will have faith because a double-minded man will receive nothing from God. And I, man, I, but you know, listen guys, don't feel bad. I didn't feel bad. You know why I didn't feel bad? Because there was 12 other guys that were in the boat with Jesus that he set, told all of them, Oh ye of little faith. At least Peter got out of the boat. He might have sunk, but he started to walk on the water. But the rest of them... How many times did he say, how long do I got to be with you? How long do you got to see me do all these miracles? But they did an amazing thing. You know what they did? They said, Lord, help us with our unbelief. And I got that scripture and I, I read it and I read it and I read it. And I said, God, you help them. You help me. Now, be ready. Because here's what, here's, let me just tell you what happened to me after that. Next trip, I'm in Bogota, Colombia. Preaching the gospel to probably, maybe not even this many people, maybe maybe more, but a small, narrow church. It was, it was more set up this way. And I'm preaching the gospel, and right in the middle of my sermon, the Holy Spirit just speaks to me and says, tell them about what happened in England and pray for the sick. But Lord, I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm trying to preach. I got an interpreter, and I'm gonna argue with God. Wait a minute, God. I got this sermon. I got to preach. I, I'm not, you know, what do you what do you? But I knew the Holy Spirit was wanting to do something. 
And I said, you know what, guys, let's just stop right here. I want to tell you a story. And I told him what happened in England. I didn't tell him all the bad part about me not having faith. But I told him how this guy got healed. And I said, God's going to heal you. If you're sick, God's going to heal you. Now, see, God puts you on the spot. I had to step out. Now, I began to pray for people. And I prayed in a small church. And an hour went by. Two hours went by. Three hours went by. Four hours went by. My daughter's going, Daddy, please, let's go. I'm so hungry. Come on, Daddy, can we go eat lunch? And I'm like, I'm not leaving until we pray for everybody. Well, the pastor's on the front pew. He's crying. You know, finally, four and a half hours later, I'm done praying for people. And the the interpreter says, please pray for this guy. You know, he, he wants you to pray for him, the pastor. So I pray for him. I don't know if I offended him or what. So I leave because I don't speak Spanish. I don't know what's happening. And I go to lunch, and we preach at a few more places, and I go home, and I get back to America, and I get a call from Hector. And he goes, who are you? And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, what are you, the next Catherine Kuhlman or something? I go, what are you talking about, man? He goes, you don't know. I go, know what? He goes, well, you were praying for those people. They all got healed, and they begin to go out into the neighborhood and bring more people back in. And God was healing them. Every single person you prayed for got healed. Now, that will do something for your faith. That will do something for your faith. Now, after that, I've seen women that couldn't have babies have babies. I've seen the miracles. I've seen what God can do. But if you, if you ask, expect to receive. And when you expect to receive, then you've got to do something with it. See, God gives you a talent. You better be a, a just steward and not an unjust steward. Amen. That's why I have to be a just steward. And that's why I'm going to, I'm just, team, come on up, impact team, and, and your leaders. Pastor, if you've got some leaders, let's come up. Get all the leaders up here. Elders, that's what we're considered. You know, we're the leaders. And we're going to pray. If, if, if you need faith, because here's the deal, guys. If we're in one accord, if we're in one accord, if we're in one accord and we have faith, we can ask anything. Do you think God can use you? You do? You believe, you really believe that? What do you think God can do through you? Hmm? Heal people? Save people? Amen. If If you do what? If you're obedient. All you have to do is answer the call. Amen. Answer the call. So I just want to challenge you. Get up. Come up here. Let these people pray for you guys. If you want faith, we're going to pray for you. God will increase your faith. Amen. God will increase your faith. Man, it looks like I got more leaders up here than I got people. We, I, you know what? I like that though. You know what? Because God, listen. Pretty soon, I'm believing this. The rest of you are going to be up here. You know why? God's not raising up followers. He is raising up followers. But He's not raising up people that are going to sit in the bleachers. He's raising up people that are going to be in the arena. How much better would it be to be on Soldier Field playing in the game than sitting up in the stands watching? Huh? Glory only goes to the guys on the field. You hear what I'm saying? You want you want to you want to do something? You got to get on the field and play the game. You got to get on the field and play the game. And God doesn't want no spectators. He's not looking for spectators. Amen. Get up. Come come on up. Let's let's pray. I know. Listen, if you don't get up, I just you know what? Just go to him, guys. I don't. I, I'm a little different. I don't. I don't wait for people to come to me. I go to them. It ain't all right with me. I'm not waiting. So team, just go out, lay hands on them, start praying for them. God, increase their faith. I'm going to pray right now. Father, God, I ask right now, Father. You said we have not because we ask not. God, I ask that you begin to increase their faith. God, that you bring this group, this group here in Chicago together in one accord, God, that you begin to anoint them, God, that you begin to put a mantle on them of unity, God, that they will rise up and they will shake the city of Chicago. God, it's not by accident that they were here. It's for such a time as this. God, they were placed here for such a time as this. 
God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for increasing their faith. God, increase their faith. God, I know you said without faith it's impossible to please you, but you said you've given every man a measure of faith. God, that measure. So, God, I I pray on that measure of faith right now, God. And I ask that you just begin to pour life into it, God. God, that you just begin to rain down on that faith, God, like a seed. It begins to grow. God, faith begins to increase, God, like a plant. It begins to spring forth. God, and I pray, God, as they get in the Word, because you said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God, as as they get in the Word, faith like a root is going to sink down deep god and it's going to begin to take more and more root and and from that root is going to bring forth life and fruit god i'm i'm prophesying god right now fruit in the name of jesus fruit fruit that will remain in the name of jesus god god i'm praying for this group i'm praying for this group of young people god right now for fruit that will remain god god make them a vine God, make them a vine that is hooked onto you, Lord. Make them part of you, God. God, as they abide in you. God, let your Holy Spirit flow through them, God. Let your Holy Spirit flow through them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God. I'm going to give another offer out. If you're sick and you need healing, my God. Let me tell you about my God. My God is the God that heals the sick. My God is the God. You, you, somebody said there's no cure for HIV. Oh yeah, there is. His name is Jesus Christ. It's the name that's above every name. At that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. AIDS has to bow at the name of Jesus. Hepatitis C. It's not incurable? Oh, yes, it's curable. I've seen somebody healed of hepatitis. Why? Because my God, His name is above disease. His name is above sickness. Cancer. It's just a name. My God can heal. My God. Father, I pray right now, God, if there's anybody here sick, God, God, I think about I think about Peter when his shadow, just his shadow, just his shadow passed by. God, and, and the sick were healed. They laid him in the streets, God. Because why? Because faith was being increased. Because there was great faith, God. And I'm praying for a faith movement, God. A faith movement to move in the body of Christ. For us to unify in faith, believing not doubting that our God is well able. We are well able to go up and take the land. We are well able. Right now, I pray for the city of Chicago, God. God, I know we have big plans for tomorrow, God. But I thank you that you will order our steps, God. That tomorrow, our steps will be ordered by you, God. That tomorrow... When we go out there on the streets, God, hearts will be convicted, God. God, you will grant that gift of repentance, God. God, that the sick will be healed. God, and the captives will be set free. I remember what Jesus said. Your sins are forgiven. And they said, who is this that can forgive sin? And he said that you know that the Son of Man has power to heal, to to forgive sin. Rise up and take your mat and walk, God. I believe tomorrow there's going to be those that are going to rise up and take their mat and walk. For that religious spirit that's over this city, that religious spirit, those those Muslims that we're going to face tomorrow, God. God, I pray that the scales would fall from their eyes, God. God, and they would see clearly, God. What they need, God, is they need to meet you. God, they need a manifestation of the real God. The God that they didn't know they need to encounter. They need to have a Damascus Road experience. God, I pray that tomorrow as we go out into this city, that there will be Damascus Road experiences. God, that people 
will say the God that I didn't believe in suddenly I've I've met him I've seen him I've come to know him and my prayer for this group God is that when people see them they'll say I know they've been with the master they may not be educated but oh they've been with the master they've been with the master I charge you in the name of Jesus to spend time with the master spend time in your prayer closet Spend time on your knees with the King of kings and Lord of lords because that's where your power is going to come from. That's the source of all life. And that's the source of victory. Spend time with the King. He longs to spend time with you. He says, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you will seek me, you will find me. God is not a respecter of person, nor of age. It doesn't matter how old you are. God is longing to fellowship with you. He gropes for you, the Bible says. He gropes for you. He longs for you. Seek Him. Seek Him. God will use you if you'll just seek Him. If you'll let Him. If you'll say, here I am, God. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I remember on the streets of Daytona just last year at Bike Week. About a six foot five biker come walking by, mocking God, cussing us out. We're out there preaching on the streets. And he called me a few choice names. But when a nine-year-old, Holy Spirit-filled nine-year-old, stepped in front of that man and began to tell him about Jesus... And he said, son, you're brainwashed. They brainwashed you. And he grabbed him by his shirt with two hands and said, no, mister, I'm not brainwashed. I know my Jesus. And he began to tell him about Jesus. Pretty soon I watched this six foot five man look down at this little kid and begin to shake and tremble. And tears begin to fall down his eyes. And within five minutes, the very guy that had cussed me out just two minutes earlier, five minutes later, was down on his knees like this with his hands in the air saying, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, I'm a sinner. Why? Because a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old stood in his path and said, It ain't all right if you go to hell with me. It ain't all right if you go to hell with me. I'm going to stand in the way. God can use me. God can use anybody that says, Here I am, young lady. God will use you if you'll just say, Here I am. Here I am, God. Use me. Use me, God. Use me. God will use you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.